Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. And today, we've got a very special guest on the podcast. Let's get it started. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. March 2nd. It's a Thirsty Thursday to everybody out there. Hope everyone's doing fantastic. As you guys know, yesterday we had our interview with Clayton Eckerd, and today I'll be joined by Chad, one of the amazing co-hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, to discuss Zach Shall Cross and his season of The Bachelor, how he's doing. Plus, we also discuss some of the uh, you know different ways to look at the show as far as story goes. It's a story-driven show. We look at the, the you know the sort of the way that the different characters, the lead, the contestants, all look for love, how they act. It's a reality show. But it's scripted in the sense reality. It's unscripted, but it is scripted in the sense that it is edited in a certain way. And uh, Chad does a fantastic job illustrating how the show could do better, how he believes that they could harvest a better drama, more substantial storylines and things of the nature. And he knows something about that. Of course, Game of Roses hosted by Chad and Lizzie, and they are uh, they are in the know. They're they're writers for scripted TV. They understand how to formulate, um, you know, leads and heroes and villains and storylines and all that jazz. So you're going to enjoy this conversation. As for me, you know, I'm obviously releasing this a day or so early. I've been flying all the way to Indonesia, leave Tuesday night, supposed to arrive Thursday. I should be there right now. I'm sure I've got some YouTube content up for you guys, but I wanted to get this podcast ready to you in advance uh, just to make sure I didn't have any, you know, I don't know, cellular issues or lacking Wi-Fi, depending on where we're going. So please, if you haven't already, thank me with a follow and a subscription. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, like it. Don't forget to rate, review, and all that jazz. I much appreciate all of the love and support out there. And I will be getting to you. Don't forget. Don't worry. We will have daily podcasts. Uh, I, I will be in Bali, but I will still be making sweet, sweet content for you. So I won't miss a beat if you don't. Anyway, please enjoy my chat with Chad from Game of Roses. Ladies and gentlemen, so excited to talk to Hall of Fame guest here from the Game of Roses podcast. Chad, how are you, my guy? Doing good. How you been? Doing well, and um, so excited to get your opinion on so many things here in Bachelor Nation. Uh, first of all, congrats on the Katie Thurston interview. Uh, thank you. That was a long time coming. You know, we've been wanting to talk to her, obviously, for a while, because she's done so much in the game that is really groundbreaking, and uh, her contract was up, so finally she could go on any podcast she wants now. She's free from the constraints of the producers telling her who she can and can't talk to. You know, w watching your content as you interview her, okay, let's start it this way. After watching uh, corporate podcasts from alumni who have never podcasted before, uh, and then watching you, you're like a just a dessert to uh, to listen to. <laughs> uh, you and Lizzie are, are you. your writers. Your use of the English language is I'm like looking up words as you describe. The, <laughs> I mean, I'm literally ready to go to Hopefully war. It's not that bad. No, it's yeah. like uh, because you know no, and it's like I'm no offense to the uh, the uh, happy hours of the world, but it's like come on, sure. you, you, you the, the folks that have to make it uh, without the uh, blue check mark or, or uh, the uh, the wand of approval from uh, ABC are just incredibly talented. So your conversation with her was fascinating. What did it mean for your channel to have someone like the like a lead like Katie Thurston choose you as her first off contract interview? I mean, it was. 
an honor for us, but I, th I think it also is like, you know, we view what we do, what you do, everybody who's kind of Emma and Claire, everybody who's in this tier of covering this show now with a little bit more of a critical eye and starting to treat it like the, the media of import that we think it is. It's not just frivolous, guilty reality TV, whatever, you know, not trash TV to us. This is like a huge piece of the American media landscape. And so to have somebody like Katie Thurston wait for to get off contract to come to us first means, I think, for all of us, for the whole tier of us doing this, there is a like there's a legitimacy to what we're doing. You know, it's funny. It anyway. Yeah, it's funny because I feel pride when I see her get when I see you guys get her interview. There's almost like this like sort sure. of coalition of people that kind of all understand the grind that exists to kind of make content sometimes where there is none and sometimes to find the deeper story. With Katie, mm -hmm. you accurately called this and I've said this also like the second it happened that her trajectory or the trajectory of the whole Bachelor franchise was changed with her tweet. Uh yeah. you know, she basically um in the height of the Black Lives Matter movement denounced Chris Harrison as the host of her season and she did it the last second before they took her phone away I mean what is that yeah. what did the if, if there were like a biopic of Katie Thurston or of the the show in general that just seems like this heightened crazy moment where she just sits send yeah. in slow motion you start to see the wires of the world go and all people start <laughs> reading it we just start yeah. firing up all the lights and cameras to yeah. talk about it but what what did that do, do you remember reading that and, and what, what moment was that like oh, for you yes dude that was one of the most i mean do i remember reading it it was to me one of the most important moments that has happened in my we've been doing this uh game of roses for about three years that was one of the most important moments that I've ever seen in any time that we were doing this because you knew immediately like she's painted them into a corner. They now either have to fire Chris Harrison because of this, at least for her season. You know, you don't know at that point if it's going to be for good or not, or they have to bring him back on her show and he's going to look her in the eye knowing she tweeted this shit. And so that didn't seem very likely. And it was just a moment where a player really took control of the show in a way that they all can. And I think very few of them realize, but she really wielded her power, all the power she had in that one moment to get the outcome she wanted. I loved it. I mean, they couldn't fire her. Could you imagine what would have gone down? Yeah. If they just like, she's already her. been announced. All the promos are out. The, like they're shooting the next day. From, what would the hell from now on, they're going to announce the bachelor and take their phone at the same time, sign the contract. Phone's gone, you know, cause yeah. it, it was a wild moment. Now, um, since that season, we've got Zach in his midseason rankings. Where would you put Zach's season as far as an entertainment value and how you think he's doing and all that? You know, I really was optimistic when it started. I loved that they had the new Bachelor logo. It seemed to have a different feel. It seemed like they were treating the show with the prestige that they used to, that they the producers were putting it back on the pedestal. But then we get to like the uh, <clears throat> the COVID Zoom rose ceremony, or as he put it, I think in a caption the rose ceremony from html pretty good one um i mean it's just disastrous if if the producers don't respect the game enough to push the shooting schedule a couple of days so that you don't have to have a fucking zoom rose ceremony how are we at home supposed to watch that and feel anything good about it it's clear the producers don't give a fuck so why would we so for me, the season has kind of gone off the rails a little bit. Like, I, I just really couldn't believe they did that. That was like beyond the pale to me. 
Yeah, and you know, on a from a production standpoint, they have probably a skeleton crew, or at least a smaller crew than they would have when they're at the mansion in Hollywood. They've they it would push back, you know, all their other wherever else you know they're traveling. So you know, I don't know what to do with that. But the fact that the, no one went to the uh, what the British Home Depot and got some plexiglass, because like mm. it's what it's like. What are we doing here? He was perfectly fine. Come the if you, if you're perfectly fine to put a necktie on, you can like I don't know, make some sort of bubble or something for the guy uh that too yeah but make it funny at least make it something that's like interesting fine we get it he can't be around them but exactly put him in a fucking a bubble a little uh telephone booth made out of plexiglass like you're saying anything other than what they did it just felt like it was literally oh shit i don't know let's just zoom it okay fuck it like they, it seems like the producers don't give a shit about the show and that makes a bad show <clears throat> and yeah. that's where we are now. How great would it have been if they just had one of those old school scuba helmets that they put them in? <laughs> and just like yeah, the crew, that crew guy who normally wheels out the suitcase, he's just got like the hose for the oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> just calling, you know, <laughs> yeah. But this is it. We could run circles around what they're doing. It's like give us an hour and we'll we'll make the most epic, <laughs> click worthy scene there. Yeah. They'll all have scuba helmet, you know, uh, whatever. Anyone could. I mean, the fact that they executed Christina Mandrell, the fact that they had somebody like Victoria Jameson in the show had a million TikTok followers, and they basically disappeared her from the edit. I just don't understand their reasoning behind some of these decisions. It seems to be either that they hate the show or they just don't know what they're making. They don't actually know the product that they're producing. And the product you produced is how to win the bachelor. <laughs> this is actually yeah. the second copy um, that was, that made its way to me. So I've actually auctioned oh, nice. this off to a follower who's a fan of both of ours. So this will be, oh, be sent. Yeah, this will be sent off, but um, you make a book. You write a book. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's it's the Thank game you. of the show, the process and all the different aspects that can get you featured time and this and that. And you have in, in reality, Steve, I believe reality, Steve reported this, that mm -hmm. someone on the show is caught reading this and it was yeah. supposed to be a, th a theme in the show. Explain to me what happened. I don't actually know. I mean, Lizzie and I don't know all the details. We just know what reality Steve has reported to and a few other places have now been reporting it that one or multiple players were caught by producers reading that book in, I believe, in the mansion. So I don't know if once they left to go on um, domestic and international travel dates, I don't know if the they took the books or if they still had them or I don't actually know. But, you know, if that reporting is accurate, the producers know about this and they are choosing to cut it out of the show, which makes sense to me. I could They don't really like us, obviously, and I can see why they wouldn't want to give us free press on this book that we wrote. But nonetheless, the book is now being read by players while they're playing the game. And I, you know, how long you can keep that a secret, I don't know. You know, I mean, at, on one level, you think if they had you on as like guests on a segment, you know, on the show to actually like coach the contestants, why not? If you're going to have a book about how to win The Bachelor, you they should have you on to teach all the ladies there all the tricks to get Zach's attention because it's not like we don't all use tricks in in in, uh, in our yeah. daily life to get everyone. No, no. So it you, it seems that Gabby was the one who was reported to have had the book. Yeah. Do you know? Um, and and you guys. Of course, have kept uh, your lips sealed about past contestants that you have coached. But how yeah. high up are we talking? Have the have the people that have that you've actually firsthand coached made it in the Bachelor world? I can literally never reveal that. It's always up to the players. That's the deal I make with them. If they ever want to come out and say they've been coached, I'm happy to like help facilitate that. They can come on our show, or I'll go on other shows with them if they want. 
but I can never reveal any details about it. What's your, if people are listening and haven't bought your book that may go on the show or may not, what would be like, how would you boil down your book as far as like the, the strongest piece of advice? Like, like say, say it's a one minute before limos. And someone's like, Chad, tell me, give me one minute's worth of, of this book to make it. What, What would you tell them? I would say the two biggest things you need to keep in mind are for TRR, for the right reasons. That is the only real fundamental rule of the game that you can never break. As soon as you do, you're out the fucking door. And that basically means never say the word Instagram, never talk about anything to anyone, other players, the lead, the producers, about uh, anything other than how much you like the lead, how much you're in love and ready to get married. That's for TRR. The other thing is, and I think a lot of players don't know this, you can make deals with the producers. If the producers want you to do something that you know is going to look shitty, you could be like, come on, dude, I don't really want to do that, but let's work out something else. They will barter with you. You can literally trade information for extra sleep. Raven Gates famously traded a, a piece out of her journal uh, to producers to get extra sleep. And that page out of her journal had like uh, rankings and groupings of different players, which factions they were in and who hated who and shit like that. So, I mean, they will work with you. They know it's a TV show too, obviously. And I think that that's a tool a lot of players don't use at all. Is there a difference between um, how how someone uh, plays the game as the season goes on? Like, is there, like, if you know you're, I don't know, getting, yeah, like, take Katie. She gets the overnight yeah. date early on. Um, how, how, like, if you know you're in that, fr- or you're getting the, as you call it, the uh, pretty woman date where you're being bought gifts mm. and all. Uh, was that Katie as well? Did she get? No, no, that was, I'm sorry, that was Gabby. Um, yeah, Gabby. So is there a different way to play the game if you're one of these favored, like, inner circle contestants? Yeah, I mean, right now, the way the game works is the producers have scripted out where everybody's going to line up throughout the entire season. And you basically are doing your best to fit into their script while doing a couple little colorful plays here or there. Um, if you try to deviate from it, like, for example, if they bring you in and they want you to be a villain from day one and you can recognize the traps they're setting for you and you don't step in them, they just remove you from the show. You get eliminated very early on. So you have to kind of give them uh, what they want a little bit. But in terms of like what dates you're getting and, and what that means for how long you're going to go into the season, yes, there are some statistical things that you should probably know about like a pretty woman or a first one on one or even a first impression rose, which is not actually as beneficial as the first flower on night one. The first rose given in a rose ceremony on night one actually means you're going to go further than uh, first impression rose, statistically speaking. But yeah, as the season progresses, there are certain things that happen over the course. We basically break it down into night one regular season, and then the playoffs start, which is hometowns and fantasy suites, and then you have the finals. Every one of those has a different kind of uh, strategy or play style, depending on what situation you might find yourself in. And Greer found herself in a tough situation. She, was she the first impression Rose winner? I believe she was, yes. right? So she goes from first impression Rose winner, which you say isn't that important, to s- essentially getting in some weird Zoom fight with Zach, like uh, like he was a disapproving <laughs> yeah. dad, and he caught his daughter at the mall when she was supposed to be at school or something. Uh, that that wh- scene was terrible. I, I mean, Zach, first of all, Zach's reaction to it, uh, completely overblown, and also like he doesn't know her fucking life. Who knows what kind of shit she's dealing with at work? You know what I mean? Maybe that is just as important as him looking for his person on reality television. <laughs> that said, uh, Greer made a gigantic error because the the lead has really one job, and it is to eliminate 29 people out of 30 by the end of the show. They are constantly looking for a way to eliminate you, yet still remain likable to the audience. So if you give them anything, 
that they can turn around in your face, they're going to do it so that that can facilitate an elimination that doesn't make them look like an asshole. Basically, he saw his opportunity there when she made that error and the groundwork is laid. She is not long for our game. Do you think the producers when they edit when they put that scene in because as we I think I think as common people not common but people that don't work in production they see the show as like oh this is what happened but the producers get to choose what is shown they didn't have no. to show Zach in that light do you think they misinterpreted how that would be res, um, how people would respond to it because for the yes. most part people have been torching Zach over that dismissiveness yes the producers have no idea what they're doing i mean let's just be very point blank about that we talked with katie thurston about this in her season i think in that uh, conversation between her and greg grippo when he finally left uh, they were cutting that to make him look like the hero to make or at least make him look like the victim in that situation and i think they were positioning him to be the next bachelor if you go back and rewatch that under that uh conversation they put hero music they were fucking pumping him up. And then it comes out the next day and everybody's like, he gaslit her. He's a piece of shit. Immediate villain. They don't understand how to cut these things for their audience. They simply don't. And I don't know what the like why that is. Other than I think after Elon Gale left in season 23, that was his his last season, uh, Colton Underwood. There's just this struggle for power, this power vacuum in that top tier of producers. And everybody there, I think has misinterpreted what the show is i believe that they want it to be about drama which to them means misery and that is not what drama is drama is mystery why is this person saying this that's how, you know how you cut a promo remember sweet nums season 24 bring her home bring her home to us all you're thinking the whole season is like who why is she crying what the fuck is this about it wasn't about oh someone's crying it was why is she crying so if you just cut a bunch of people together crying we don't really give a fuck and that seems to be like what they're trying to do now yeah it's almost like they're in a cooking competition and they're just throwing a bunch of sugar on a on a main dish because sugar's sweet yeah. it's like a short uh, gratification to get you know result to get that short drama but the long game as you said is the investment you know i just started watching i've been watching american idol and you know yeah. that show went from its heyday it was amazing and then it got canceled it kind of just like sucked there were people were done with hearing bad singers get made fun of on stage that was their version of the sugar now right. watching american idol they're taking the cameras back to the hometowns they're showing people's real stories and they're building this story arc amongst all these different you know people from the middle of nowhere and how and how they're living in their dreams and they're really getting this story driven thing it's not just about the singer it's about the path and the journey and i wonder how the show could do that with some of its contestants before even before zach meets them where we get to root for them because you're right they, yeah. they are just like disposable until the show decides to share their story but as far as the power struggle goes i completely agree it's hard to put your, the, my finger on it but as you describe it that's that makes total sense that they're, they're yeah. just not there isn't some like um cent centric beating heart that is driving this thing yeah imagine if they flipped it around a little bit i mean there are tweaks that they can always do to the format and they have done throughout history i mean the experimental era which was season four through 12 i mean we didn't have group date roses we didn't have one-on-one we didn't have fimp rose first impression rose until that was season five but season four through 12 is where they start adding these elements to the game and really fucking with it they can do that again we could have another experimental era what you're saying about trying to build narrative uh, what if instead of night one being the first episode, the first episode is night one for the women in the house. You put all the women in Bachelor Mansion and they all get to spend a night together, make friends with each other before the Bachelor shows up. So now you're kind of invested in, oh, I like her. I like her. And you see what relationships they've built. Maybe friendships get torn apart or something. There's a million like little tiny things they could be doing that they're just not doing. They're going through the motions and they're doing it badly.
Yeah, you're right. They're, the the perspective that of which they're like they, they can change the way they're positioning the cameras to bring the women into it in a more equal ground. And I think because they they almost like indoctrinate the lead to make it like Zach's Zach's kind of falling to the trap. Maybe Clayton fell into, which is I'm searching for my love. But the yeah. audience is uh, mainly women who are going to be like, well, you're but you're also railroading these other people. And totally. I'm sure it gets good um, drama for the show. But uh, yeah, there's there, there's just there's uh, there's just more meat on the bone that we're just not getting. Totally on this well, I think level the, the producers have done like a very strange thing especially in what they did with clayton eckard where they just they forced him into that rose ceremony from hell and then they continued to kick him in the balls in bachelor at 19 where like the first half of that season was gabby wendy and rachel recchia shitting on clayton or fucking kids getting out of a limo singing literally a song producers wrote called clayton sucks so you watch that season if you're zach shawcross and you're like shit what did i get myself into he's terrified he is terrified of getting that bad edit and the you know bachelor nation hating him and i think most players and leads enter the game that way with distrust for the producers and with terror in their hearts that is not a good tv show yeah it's like it's like if you're a high, if you're a college football coach and you're and you're botching your team what star players are going to want to be a part of that who is going to want to submit who, what, what quality people are going to want to submit for the show if they can't just like pull off like, uh, you know, what should be expected, yeah. which is to not like destroy their character and their yeah. mind in the process. So how does what uh, just to wrap it up, what how do you think the rest of the season is going to go for Zach as far as um, uh, storylines? Are we I mean, because uh, other than Rachel, Rachel and Gabby, we had way too many people, too many mouths to feed there. And we never got like yeah. past the surface level. So do you think that it's going to have like good, good um, ratings and energy as this thing kind of comes to the home stretch? Yeah, I mean, it. you know, the ratings usually do tick up as you go into the finale. So I think that will probably happen here. Statistically, it's it's likely. And all, despite everything that I've just said about how the producers are bad and all that, I still am hopeful that this shit is going to turn a corner because the format of this game is still, I believe, the strongest reality dating format that exists. And the prestige of what The Bachelor is, it truly is the NFL of these types of games. Um, I just hope that the producers get their shit together or they get some new producers in there that can present it in the right way. But yeah, I, I still am hopeful that the end of this season is going to be pretty interesting. Oh yeah. I don't think the show's going anywhere anytime soon because the production vet costs are so low. It's just like a, it's just, it's just a cash yeah. cow for the no, of course. franchise for, I mean, for the, for ABC. I mean, every year they get 70 plus hours worth of TV slot. That's just like easy to make. It does what it does, but they're, they are at the stage where like, I think they they can start to make some strong changes um, and yeah. uh, and move forward with that. But I really appreciate your insight. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, My pleasure, Chad man. and Lizzie from Game of Roses. Anywhere you listen to podcast or YouTube channel has the the hit new Katie Thurston interview. Congrats on all the success and um, all the YouTube. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I we have some th I have some things in the works for us and some other fellow Los Angeles creators. So hopefully we can collaborate uh, in the flesh soon. Yeah, absolutely. All right, take care, my guy. All right, man. And there you have it, folks. Bros bonding over Bachelor Nation. I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you have never, go check out Game of Roses, their podcast, their YouTube channel, their Instagram. Tell them you heard them over here on The Rush. And we're going to have more content tomorrow. I will be back uh, reporting live from Indonesia. I'll have my mobile setup and all that ready to go over there. So you can catch that right here. If you're not, and double check, but if you're not subscribed, make sure to follow, like it. And also don't forget to rate and review. It helps the algorithm. It helps us climb the chart 
hearts and all that jazz, which we appreciate. Uh, the slow-moving uh, tidal wave that we have here of uh, of uh, you know of audience, and we need to find a we need to find a name for ourselves. Are we going to be the Rushies? What are we? The Bachelor Rush Hour, Rush Hour University? I'd love to know what we should call uh, the power listeners over here that are checking out the podcast. We'll have March soon. Don't worry, we'll be here, well branded, and we're going to get you looking nice, uh, <laughs> nice and ready to go as we continue to grow the empire. But either way, we'll be back tomorrow, and uh, that's it for me. I've been Dave Neal. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh, 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 o